Look at the adjective. Play. Now is the franchise going to take the Viagra? Oh, going to put the butts in the seat. Hello there, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode 102 of Because WCW, the podcast where the big boys play. My name is the Twisted Genius Dean A.S., and I'm joined, as ever, by his own sports journalist and London town good guy, Liam Happ. Good evening to you, Liam. I'm trying to be nice. Come on, give me give me credit for something new. Yeah, you're going soft, Ben. You used to put some real venom in some of these intros, but now they're just getting nicer and nicer. Well, I, I just thought after the uh, the heinous introduction I gave you in episode 101, I had to you know, make it a bit nicer. Oh, that was horrible. Oh, I've, 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 done, I've just managed to forget about that, and now it's just come flooding back to me. What about bad memories? How are you doing though? Everything good in your world? Yeah, you could say that. I am on a I am on a, a two week break from work ahead of going back in as a full timer because I was doing that whole uh, air quotes perma lancer thing. So now it's uh, take a step back for two weeks and then step back in as a as a full time guy. Salary benefits and probably about ten thousand more weekly meetings on Microsoft Teams. Nice. I, uh, yeah. I've recently come back from two weeks off work, and the spoilers, it sucks when you come back. Oh, yeah. I'm not looking forward to next week now. Thanks, mate. I've spent the I've spent the first two days of it going, I can't do this job anymore, but yeah, I'm, I'm getting back into it. Anyway, we have got ourselves another very special guest here on Because WCW. Uh, he is the man behind the wonderful WrestleCrap website, and book and all manner of beautiful crap related WCW things. And let's face it, WCW fills an awful lot of wrestle crap space. <laughs> Welcome to to uh, because WCW R D Reynolds. Hello, R D. Well, hello, gentlemen. How are you both doing today? Very well, thank you. Very well good, indeed. Good. And uh, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. Um. So, by way of introduction, if if there are people listening to this who are not aware of WrestleCrap, they are missing out on a treasure trove of amazing uh, wrestling stories. Tell us a little bit about how how the site came about and uh, how it's evolved over the years. Sure, WrestleCrap.com uh, uh, started on April 1st, 2000. So, yes, we've been around for 21 years uh, it's still crazy to think about it, but um, we're a comedy site. We look at the very worst of wrestling, WrestleCrap.com, the very worst of professional wrestling. Um, and what we do is we go in and look at the silly things that have happened in wrestling over the years. Uh, that can be, you know, really bad ideas for storylines. It can be terrible gimmicks. Uh, it can be virtually anything, you know, that just kind of fills and will make someone laugh. Uh, we like to go and look at. So it could be something, uh, and trust me, WCW, like you said, had a lot of uh, Russell Crap <laughs> moments, uh, gave me lots and lots of material uh, for which I will forever be thankful. 
but I mean, every wrestling promotion it has their share. There, there's not never been a wrestling promotion uh, that you've seen where uh, no, it was 100% perfect all the time. That just that does not happen. It just so happens that some wrestling promotions, you know, are uh, are a little more giving in their time. Uh, to my cause. So uh, I've been very, uh, very appreciative of that. Of course, appreciative of, uh, you know, the good things in wrestling too. I've always said that I never want, and this is true across the board. It's not just professional wrestling, but anything in my life. I either want it to be really, really great. I want it to be really, really terrible because there's, there's a story either direction you go. You never want it to just be boring. You know, that's the absolute worst thing that it can be is like, wow, you know, I watched that wrestling show for uh, two hours and I can tell you nothing about it. I remember nothing about it. And it was and that's kind of how the the site started. I had gone and spent thirty two hundred U.S. dollars for a computer because I was like, I'm going to, you know, figure out how to do things, you know, uh, you know website stuff the internet i'm gonna figure out this internet thing and again this is the year 2000 so i mean you're talking way before like youtube or anything it really gained any kind of traction and so i had it you know this computer that i paid way too much for so you know 3200 let's see us dollars will inflate that uh you know for you know we'll we'll uh, adjust that for inflation and also switch it over to euros. Uh, so I think that means that computer was probably about uh, 47,000 euros. Okay. <laughs> it, probably not, but it felt like it as I paid that thing off for years on end. Um, but I was like, I got to do something with it. I, I'm going to make a website. I don't know what the website's going to be. Uh, should I do something about Video games, uh, passion of mine, uh, pinball machines, passion of mine, professional wrestling, passion of mine. Uh, and um, I just couldn't decide. Uh, and then one night I was talking on the phone with a buddy of mine. And uh, this was, you know, uh, 2000. Uh, ironically, it was something WCW. I don't remember exactly what it was. But my buddy said, oh, my gosh, did you see Nitro last night? I said, uh, no, I missed it. I was I was doing something. For some reason, I didn't get to catch it. He goes, well, the, they had the absolute worst thing you've ever seen uh, in professional wrestling. And I said, was it worse than the gobbledygooker? And my buddy goes, oh, man, I thought I just imagined that. That that really happened? Because, again, there was no YouTube. You couldn't just, like, yeah. find this stuff like this. Uh, and so we went on, you know, we went down a, a, a rabbit hole of all the different terrible, you know, uh, moments in professional wrestling that he and I remembered. Uh, and I said, okay, that's what the website's going to be about. Again, I mean, not to beat it over the head, but there was no YouTube. There was, there was you know, the in- internet was in its infancies in so many ways. Uh, and I was just trying to come up with this uh, name for the site. And I was like, okay, you know, Wrestling Hall of Shame, uh, just trying different names and i don't know what hit me but i just looked at my wife and i said what do you think about um i want it to be something short to the point i said what do you think of wrestlecrap.com and she gave me this look like oh that is awful and i said perfect that's the exact reaction i want (laughs) and so i went with it 21 years later you know it's it's still here so 
And how did your association with a man that we've talked about in great length on this podcast and a man that I've had the pleasure of meeting as well, John Tenter, wonderful, wonderful man. How did your association with, uh, with John come about? Oh man, I love John. Uh, he was just the most awesome human being friend you could ever imagine. Um, we had the website and I wanted to do interviews for the site. Um, you know, and just ask people, okay, uh, you know, what, what was, what was your mindset when, you know, a promoter came to you and said, okay, we need you to do this. We need you to say you're the shark. We need you to say, you know, you're, you're, uh, whatever it may be. Shave uh, half of the, your hair off. Right. As oh, we have yeah. recently seen on our uh, Nitro Watch Alongs, Liam. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, it was something I wanted to, I wanted to talk to these people because I knew it wasn't, I know most of the time, great majority of the time, it's not something someone comes up and says, you know what I really want to do is I want to go and say, you know, I'm a shark or I want to go and say I'm a tugboat or whatever it is. And so <clears throat> I never, I've always tried very hard over the years, you know, really hard. And I don't always succeed, but I never try and mock the people performing, you know, because most of the time, I mean, they're just trying to put food on the table. That, that was always in the back of my mind. These people are just trying to make money for themselves, make money for their families. You know, uh, it would just be fascinating to get the story and shoot interviews were very rare, you know, uh, yeah. at that time, people generally didn't, go and talk about such things. I mean, you would have some here and there, but I mean, it was not common and not like today. I mean, I Google anything, you know, go on YouTube and get, you know, uh, you know Raven talking about <laughs> anything you would want. What, what is his favorite flavor of, uh, you know, uh, candy bar? I mean, I could get anything I want now, but back then you couldn't. Uh, so I would reach out to people I think it was a combination of a couple things why I could never get in any, any interviews. One was, uh, you know, what we had just talked about. Most people weren't talking about things. The second one was whenever I would call people up and say, Hey, I'm RD Reynolds. I'm with wrestlecrap.com. We talk about the worst of wrestling. We thought of you, you know, no one's going to talk to you. I I probably should have changed that, that pitch a little bit. Um, but you know, uh, John, was like, yeah, I'll, I'll talk with you. And he was one of, he was the first person that would ever really talk with us. Now people would send me emails, stuff. Oh, you know, I follow your site. Um, and, and that's very, very flattering. Uh, you know, I remember getting an email from Chris Jericho. Oh, I saw the thing where you, you made fun of the Hardys with their Jinx brothers gimmick. That was great. I was like, wow, this is the Chris Jericho. Don't you have anything better to do than, than go on this silly site? But John uh, went on and he understood you have to be able to laugh at yourself. Yeah. And he got it and he didn't take himself seriously. And the people in the business that that are like that generally just look at WrestleCraft and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's very funny. Uh, it's humorous. I don't take offense at it. Uh, but you know, some people take great offense at it. Although that's, that's, that's really whittled down over the years. I think uh, everyone's, uh, become a little more relaxed and not, uh, so upset about, you know, something I would write. They, they 
maybe that's because I'm not on Twitter as much as other people, and that seems to be where everyone gets their blood all angered up. So that's, yeah, that's where they unleash this their yeah. bile, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, funnily enough, Fardy, you you say about uh, people maturing a little bit after a while. Uh, I couldn't help but notice that your your current project uh, doing some some classic Batman podcasts. Uh, would you would you care to just let us know those of us who who uh, don't really know who is your recording partner on that one? My recording partner on that is former WCW World Champion Vince Russo. And <laughs> it was funny because Russo and I met, and and Russo came on uh, on uh, the old Russell Craft Radio show years ago, and um, and I was on his show, and he will tell you now that the original show that he recorded with me, where I was on his show, he would like to find it and burn it and never have it see the light of day again. Because he would he he kept trying to bait me into arguments, and I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, dude, I don't know why you're getting so upset. You know, you have your opinion, I have my opinion. What difference does it make? You know, anything I say is not going to convince you that what you did was wrong. Nothing you're going to say is going to convince me what you did was right. And so he would get angry, and I would just like kind of. <laughs> chuckle about it you know and, and laugh and he was getting angrier and angrier and angrier but then he realized after he had talked to me a few times he's like wow you know this isn't you being you know demeaning or anything this is just who rd reynolds is he doesn't take things seriously he doesn't get you know bent out of shape about things because <clears throat> uh, it doesn't, uh, it, what what good does it do? What, 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 what gains do you get? My whole thing is I just want to make people laugh. That's what, all I've ever wanted to do, and I've said this a million times. I never have paid any attention to, like, you know, people are always like, oh, you know, what, you know what, what's your traffic on the site look like? How, what did you, you know, do? How are you trending? Any of that stuff. I've never paid any attention to it. Because I, it makes no difference to me. I don't. I, I never designed Russell Crap as a money-making venture. Uh, I've always just viewed it as, I just want to make some people laugh. And if that's, you know, whenever I originally set up the site, we were talking about that earlier. I designed it so that it would make essentially three people laugh and have, give them something to do uh, while they were waiting for uh, Nitro and Raw to come on. Uh, and you know, it was just for me and my very small handful of friends. Uh, the cool thing is that a lot more people discovered it. Um, and I wound up with a lot more friends, uh, than I had to start with, but I, I, it, that's how it's always been with me. I, I, I don't get, uh, I don't get ratcheted up about numbers or trending or anything else. I don't, don't care if I make one person laugh, then I consider it a good day, even if it's just myself. No, I think we so. we have a similar kind of uh, philosophy here. We yeah. we we <laughs> yeah. What the one thing we always say is we loved WCW. We look mm -hmm. back on all of this all of this fondly. And the 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 one thing um and Liam will you, you'll know this from when we've we've looked at our figures before. The the one thing that I focus on um, when we get the breakdown of where in the world our listeners have come from <laughs> is. Yeah. The number of listeners each month we get who uh, Apple podcasts tell us come from parts unknown. 
that, <laughs> that is the place closest to my heart. And if you are one of the 0.7% of our listeners in parts unknown, hope the weather's doing uh, treating you well there. And uh, we, we're very grateful for you listening. I don't think the internet signal is very good there, Liam. No, but it, it, to be fair, it is on brand for a wrestling podcast to have a strong niche following in parts unknown. We're not really a pro wrestling podcast if we can't get that all elusive yeah. parts unknown demographic. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, no, you, you, you're exactly right, Dean. We're in that same sort of thing. We always ask ourselves, basically, we're very proud to have gone past that 100 milestone very recently. We always ask mm. ourselves after one episode to another, I say to Dean, Dean, do you still enjoy this? And he says, yes. Liam I do sometimes says sometimes says get out of my face Liam I can't stand sight of you um <laughs> and yeah for as long as we just enjoy doing this we've got other pod, we've got other pay-per-views to keep looking at the Nitro watch along series will keep us going god knows how long although we'll get to 1998 and we'll see that uh they're three hours and we'll be like nope yeah the, the great thing with WCW is the gift that keeps on giving is this this week uh, I saw a tweet. I can't, I, I can't remember who it was from. Um, it's going to be really embarrassing if it was from you now. But um, there was a tweet that said they did a, a tour of Australia and they had like big houses of like 9,000 yes. fans in each venue. They sold a, an arena out for, for Thunder. But then they discovered that someone had put a clause in the contract that WCW would buy back any unsold seats from the promoters so the promoters, therefore, were guaranteed to make money. And WCW had this really successful tour, and they lost $400,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had that in the, the death of WCW book. You know, that, that Australia tour was was very fascinating. Um, you know, Juventud Guerrero was recently on, on uh, AEW Dynamite. And as soon as I heard... You know, that he was going to be on Dynamite. I was like, oh, man, I hope he was able to get out of Australia. From that oh, was God, was that where he was naked? running? Yeah. Yes, running naked around the lobby. Yes, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dean, Dean, you'll be able to attest that he has been out of Australia since. Although he's been off, off the mainstream grid, I'm pretty sure I attended an FWA show that you were managing on. And he was brought in. Was that, was yep. that maybe a Walthamstow yep, one? Yeah, that was an FWA, probably at Walthamstow. And he was also, um, he was also on a show... Probably about three years ago, down on the down the south coast where I live, oh, wow. um, as well. So yeah, he uh, he was um, he was he's still still going, still crazy. Yeah. Although I have to ask you, Ardy, while we're on that particular topic about these AEW appearances, because I'm sure for a lot of us, you know, there's the TNT connection, Shiavani's the commentator, and every time they do these little homages, or just sometimes flat out hire someone who has that that alumnus. Uh, status. We we our initial reaction. I don't know about you, but we we sit there and we think, oh, that's really cool with the whole thing. And then we just can't help but sit back and, and think of what they did in WCW. And half of it might be good, and half of it really is quite cringe. Yeah. So, so how, how's your reaction to seeing a lot a lot of this almost like a, a, a lapsed lineage between WCW and, and all Elite Wrestling? Yeah, I you know it's funny. I I I often uh watch. I mean, I watch AEW all the time. Uh, I actually do a, a, a watch along on Old Man Social Media, i.e. Facebook, uh, every Wednesday. Um, you know where I just go and just chat with whoever wants to hop on Facebook with me and chat. And it is really neat to see some of that. And a lot of the times, it's really funny because like they'll 
like you know the hoovy thing was a perfect example i'm just like okay how many people actually sit there and go i know who juventud guerrera is you know you wouldn't think that it would be like this giant you would think that the, the the amount of people that that you know you're talking that was 20 years ago right that that they were on night it would be longer it'd be like okay so we're 2021 so you're talking almost 25 years ago and you and you have to sit there and think okay is anyone going to remember this it, it, i mean it has to just be me and it kind of you know goes back to the, the russell crap thing where i would post things and people are like oh my gosh i thought i just imagined that you know and and then you realize wow there's all these people out there that that remember this and and have fond really fond memories of it uh and that's the same thing with wcw as a whole I, I, to me it's just there there was such a a passion you know with those especially yeah. that was such a hot period and they, they were so it it was just you know really something where these people just really think about it and there's that passion and i think you're seeing some of that with aew as well where you're you're getting you know i love it whenever they bring in you know stuff I, uh, but i do like the, i'll sit there oh boy look at this they've got totally blanchard there They've got J.J. Dillon there. They've got Arn <laughs> Anderson there. You know, rumors. Oh, boy, we're going to get the, you know, the four fingers flying up. And you just sit there and go, okay, how many people are going to remember that? And you realize a ton of people do. I mean, because yeah. it was something that was so near and dear to near and dear to their hearts. So I I, I always dig it whenever they, you know, pull somebody out of the mothballs. I'm, I'm waiting for, uh, I, I, I don't know, is Judy Bagwell still with us? Is, <laughs> I believe you know, so. Yeah, you know, that's what I sit there. Hope. Yeah, yeah. I just sit there and go, man. I wonder if, uh, you know, they they can bring her out of the mothballs. Get the just, double just have a, Marcus. Yeah, just just have a forklift truck drive through with Judy Bagwell on top. Absolutely. Just yes. don't announce it. Like like when um the one of the things I've I've referenced many times is one one of my favorite random moments in WCW when Scott Steiner just decides to turn up with a tiger for no reason at all. Sure. Well, you, you know, that's, it, it, you know, maybe he uh, maybe he watched the Black Scorpion back in the day. Black Scorpion had a tiger, too. Black uh, Scorpion yes. took the tiger and made him disappear. So, you know, awesome. Maybe he made him appear in the future with Scott Steiner. We, that's our explanation. I like the way you're thinking. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Black Scorpion is a is a wrestle crap OG if that's a thing. Is that fair to say? He was he was one of the well, he must have been one of the first standout marquee inductions. And what one thing I have to ask about um the the, the WCW inductions on the website because one the one of the things we always theorize about our our love hate relationship with World Championship Wrestling is that when they do screw something up. The reason it hurts more is because they they've built up such that you know because they're in that position they're mainstream they're the alternative a lot of people just naturally preferred NWA WWE so when you mm -hmm. when you see this company drop the ball and do these ludicrous things you know you see it in out of a Herb Abrams promotion or XPW just like yep they they're just doing them that's what they do and you and, and you see one of those uh in wcw you're like dude what are you playing at so i have to ask you what, what which which wcw wrestlecrap entry would you say probably pained you the most to write up were there oh, any boy. one of those where you were like 
uh, I hate to be having to do this, but it has to go in. It has to go on the site. You know, it's funny because whenever you say uh, inductions, the, like I hated the right. Um, the first one that I, I, and it's not WCW, it was when the WWE uh, did the exploitation of Eddie Guerrero. The, oh, the yeah, year yeah, after yeah. he died. I mean, as soon as anybody says, what is the, you know, the one you hated to write, it would always be that one. Let me think. WCW. I mean, I am sure that, you know, I, I to me, it I the biggest miss for them and it was just the whole payoff to uh, Hogan versus Sting. To me, that is forever the one that is just unforgivable because even though he would never listen to me whenever I would tell him this, Eric Bischoff, I mean, has to be given all the credit in the world for how he booked that up to that point. I mean, it was really amazing to me, and we wrote about this in the book, um, just talking about the patience he showed. Because for sure, whenever that race was starting to get hot and, and, you know, it was really looking, boy, we don't know which direction this is going to go. <clears throat> he could have pulled the trigger and hot shotted, you know, Hogan versus Sting early. He didn't. He let that play out for so long. You know, I mean, it was over a year that you're teasing this match and you're finally going to get this match. And then the match is just, you know, uh, just in so many ways, just a disaster. I mean, it was, uh, that was the one that's, that's, that's the one that really just pains me is, is that whole thing. Cause that's when it really, that's when, you know, people had shown such, you know, Bischoff had shown, uh, very good patience, good booking, uh, leading to that match largely. And then it, it's like, once that fell, once that did not work and a lot of ways, the dominoes just started to fall. Yeah. Uh, wasn't completely, you know, they still had Goldberg that was going to show up and that was going to be a big deal. But I really, I think they lost a lot whenever that whole uh, match went down and it was just such a, it's such a disaster. Yeah. And I mean, we, we deliberately chose that as episode number one for, for that reason. I mean, you said, Liam, that that was where the first cracks started to to appear and yeah, yeah you can trace the downfall from from that point onwards it just seemed like such a good jumping off point for this entire project i think one of the lines we had in the intro was that the i think that didn't the show uh make more money than the company was sold for yeah like just mm-hmm. over three years later which is really really sobering uh yeah and it's it's funny you made that you made that mention because um yeah, i think most of our readers and anyone else like who's into those though they know we've we've had um the amazing guy evans nitro book that came out a few years ago and mm-hmm. before that uh the death of wcw you and brian alvarez was it was an absolutely fantastic read uh they are the yeah you're welcome they're, they're, for me they're, they're they're the two books that really document the the ridiculous and the sublime of it all mm-hmm. and one of those things you mentioned i had to touch upon because it's probably the part of the the book that resonated with me the most personally was it was such a great observation i thought where you said about like you touched upon just there 
Uh, after Starcade 97, it weren't as if the whole company just started falling apart like that. Uh, you guys made a made a careful note of you know very strong numbers in 1998 yep. because as you see with with not just wrestling but anything, uh, if things start to go wrong, the the results aren't obvious. People people tend to tail away. You think of like the TV shows we watch and we never go, oh, that episode just absolutely destroyed that character. I'm never watching it again. We go, yeah, that sucks. I've got a bad feeling about this. And then maybe half a season later, unless they've bucked up, we're, we are gone. We are out the door. We're not trying to conclude it. And and, and, and it was 99, wasn't it, that we really started to see, see the effects come in where they didn't have that fallback go. Right. Yeah. And that, that was it. I mean, it, it was, it, I mean, it's always fascinating to me to think, okay, Starcade 97 is, is when things started to, cr- you know, started to crump, you know, started to show the kinks in the armor. But once you started to get, you know, end of, especially end of 98, 99, and, and of course 2000 was just a disaster of biblical proportions. But I mean, it was something where you would see, okay, you have that that first thing doesn't go quite right. Oh, you know, that was that was not good. If you follow it up with something strong, people will tend to forget it. But I think that the bigger problem is with with Sting. Okay, if Sting had gone in and done what we wanted, just go in and you beat Hogan like a drum, beat him in in two minutes, beat him in five minutes, whatever, just make it very abundantly clear okay we are beating hogan okay where is your next step there's so many people can write a really good first chapter of a book but it's really you got to get the rest of that i mean you think of how many movies you've ever seen where you're like man the first 20 minutes of this movie were fantastic if it ended right there this has been the greatest movie ever made and i think it's kind of the same thing in long form uh with uh wcw you know the NWO storyline, I mean, they, they didn't really know what they were going to do with it. And that was the biggest challenge. Yeah, there's there was no, as you say, there's no end point. But then that takes us back to, to something we mentioned earlier, the, the Black Scorpion, because yep. from, from all accounts, that was something that they they didn't know how that was going to end either. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of a problem. If you start to put something together, you want to know. You know, you can sit there and go, oh, we'll figure it out later. Most yeah. of the time, that is not a that is not a good uh, way to write. No, uh, wing, wing it. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, I know you you and I have both uh, done done bookie in the past. I mean, I my philosophy has always been work backwards. So right. start with what I want the big payoff, the big conclusion to be, and then go back to you know the various steps. How do we get to this point that we want to right exactly and i think that's yeah. that's the biggest challenge yeah it's it's not rocket science but it seemed did seem to uh to elude some of uh some of the people in wcw over over many years but yeah yeah, yeah it's uh, and 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 when when you're talking about you know a, a, an international pay-per-view it's not even it's not even like a, you know, a local independent show or something Right. I mean, it, it, you know, it was just <clears throat> especially, you know, you, you saw it with the Black Scorpion. The Black Scorpion will forever hold a uh, something very near and dear to my heart because yeah. he was my favorite. Um, my co-host on WrestleCrap Radio, you guys have had 100 episodes. 
my buddy and I did 300, I think it was 303 episodes over 16 years. Wow. Uh, I mean, when we started Russell Crop Radio, the, it, it, the term podcast didn't even exist. Yeah. I mean, it was because it was so, you know, long ago. And, uh, but that was always, that was always Blade, Blade Braxton, my co-host. Uh, he'd passed away earlier this year. He, um, his, his Black Scorpion was always his, his thing. I mean, that was always, he would talk Black Scorpion, Black Scorpion, Black Scorpion. And so I'll always, uh, you know, just think about, uh, <laughs> I always, anytime I hear Black Scorpion, I'll just uh, just smile and laugh because it's it was such a wonderful train wreck. Uh, and it was also something that it brought me joy, but it brought my, you know, one of my best friends in the whole world that I ever had in my life. It brought him such joy and, and just just loved it so much. And of course, the Black Scorpion, who had the same voice as uh, another WCW legend, the Shockmaster. Absolutely, the Shockmaster. I mean, you're gonna go out and buy a voice box gimmick. You're gonna you're, you want to get use out of it. You want to yeah. You know, you, you don't just use that thing once and for one failed gimmick and put it on the shelf. You 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 got to get you got to get an ROI on that, as they say in in, in business circles. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one other thing I've got to ask, and and, and th- this is again like obviously we're we're a WCW podcast, but I I don't think anyone listening will particularly care where the answer may come from because it's it's all fascinating stuff. But kind of may, maybe a little bit the opposite of Suncast earlier was um, obviously because you've inducted so many crappy pieces of wrestling there's there's been so many write-ups over the years and obviously there's never a guarantee that the amount the amount you're writing is going to keep up with the the amount of like modern day crap that comes along i i have to wonder do you ever get to a point where there's there's certain things where you, you you look at it and you go back and you watch it and you really can't decide is this going in is it worthy am i am i Am I like dropping the bar a little bit? Am I, should, would I? Would it be a bit harsh to put this in? Uh, do you? Do you? Is there anything that springs to mind where you think to yourself, "Well, I've kind of, I've, I've, I've given that an induction, but mostly because I've, there's, there's not many others to write, or, or it was a real coin flip, I suppose. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's been that way over the years. I, ever since the very early days. Um, people would argue if something was, you know, the very worst of wrestling or not. And over the years, I've greatly softened my stance. And I just want to, I just want to write about stuff that's, that I find funny. And so whenever I have something uh, that I know is going to be, okay, is this is kind of borderline. I will say, you know, this is something I find funny. In fact, I just did that. We did a, um, the most recent induction I wrote was uh it had my hero my favorite person in wrestling ever bobby the brain heenan uh and the barbarian uh remember barbarian you, you know sioni the barbarian oh, big and fans of the barbarian. faces of fear he love the barbarian mm-hmm. yep uh and he was uh they, they it was during the the world bodybuilding federation uh period and so bobby and the barbarian go to a gym to go work out with uh, a guy named Lee Haney, which was one of the WBF bodybuilders. And I, I even put it in the very beginning of the induction. I said, look, <clears throat> I don't care. This is something that I think is funny, so I'm going to write about it. 
Yeah. But since the beginning of the site, I mean, there have been people that have gotten very uh, willing to voice their opinions of, let's say, uh, something like uh, Double J Jeff Jarrett, which yeah. I thought his original, the original idea of a, you have a, a wrestler who wants to use the World Wrestling Federation as a springboard into uh, country music superstardom. I, I I just thought that was like the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard. I didn't. I just thought that was dumb. And I just said, okay, you know, that's wrestle crap. But there are very many people that have said back to me, no, I can't believe you. I can't believe you adopted that RD. How can you do that? <laughs> and then I'm just like, dude, it's just a site. It's my opinion. It's it doesn't really matter. It, it's kind of like whenever um you know, I, I always get humored whenever I hear people like flip their lids over like Dave Meltzer uh star ratings and stuff. And I'm like, just the guy's opinion. It's his opinion, yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and if I think something's wrestle crap, you know, and you don't, that's that's cool, yeah. you know. It's uh, that's a buddy of mine says that's why they make chocolate and vanilla because you like crappy ice cream. And I've always uh, I've always lived and died by that. <laughs> and have I mean now that the the world is a lot more open and communication is a lot easier. Have you have you ever had got any heat from? A, 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 an active wrestler who you've inducted into uh, into this onto the site. Oh yeah, Oscar, Men on a Mission. Remember <laughs> Men on a Mission? I remember Men on a Mission. Oh, Oscar, they hated they, uh, me. They they once won the WWF World Tag Titles by accident in England. But I was there. Oh, were you there? Yeah. Wow. Bret, Bret Hart and Owen Hart in the main event. That's the thing I remember most. But yeah, that was fun. Because obviously yeah, you're watching it. Yeah, I think it was them and the Quebecers. Yeah. As a nine-year-old kid, you're just sitting there, hey, the good guys won. And then I read about it later. It's like, oh, that happened. Oh, crap. Yeah. He, he basically, <laughs> I think he, uh, Mabel fell on one of the Quebecers, winded him. He couldn't kick out. The ref counted three title change. And then they had to change the titles before before the uh, the tour was over. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. So, what happened with Oscar? No, Oscar was really, really angry because I had written in my first book, uh, and oh, no, I had done no, I had done it on the site too. Um, I had, I had written about Men on a Mission. I inducted them because I thought that was a ridiculous gimmick, um, and I said that Oscar quote was their rapping fool of a manager. This man took great offense that I said he was a rapping fool of a manager. And he was very animated. He was very upset. He let me know it in no uncertain terms. Uh, and I was just like, wow, this this guy's really crazy. Over the years, again, he, he and I wound up being really good friends. In fact, we did a StarCast show together uh, where we went on stage and, and he was one of the people that came up and talked and he actually disrapped me which was amazing <laughs> he wrapped me right into the ground i was just like i was slack jawed uh as he just went on this you know i don't know it felt like a, it probably was only like a minute and a half it felt like about three hours of somebody just rapping about all the terrible things that Artie reynolds was it was it was absolutely incredible um, but yeah, he was, uh, I remember Mark Madden, uh, remember Mark Madden was, you know, he did stuff in WCW. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, he got really angry, and and it sent me like all kinds of hate mail. Um, and it was just like, again, I was like, dude, just my opinion. If if you want to think that this is really cool, what you're doing, that's great. I don't, you know. Um, but yeah, those those would be the ones that that immediately uh, uh, spring in my mind. And uh, Mark Madden is someone who actually also makes a living from having very strong opinions <clears throat> in the world of sport. Sure. I think he, I think he still does the uh, the Pittsburgh um, sports yeah. broadcasting, and obviously the, in that sort of market, uh, the, you, you you've basically got to uh, <laughs> you've got to stir people up, haven't you, with your opinions? Right. Uh, and that, and that's I mean, and that is you know the the shock jock or whatever you want to call it. I mean. That's part of what <clears throat> some people live and die by, um, and you can tell. Okay, this is this is a, a character or whatever. Uh, you can tell, you know, really where the person ends and where the. I mean, sometimes you can tell where the person ends and where, uh, you know, rea- uh, where the gimmick begins. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and that, that that does bring me back a little bit to the Vince Russo thing, like right? where mm-hmm. where where you're doing the uh, the the Batman. Uh, podcast. Well, I might have to ask a little bit about that because I'm. Uh, uh, my my knowledge of the the old school Batman's is that we we had oh. them on the TV a little bit. Uh, I'm not. I'm far from an encyclopedia, but I find it really curious. So of a of all the podcast sort of themes, it's a really interesting one. I might have to check a couple of episodes out. But um, the the curious thing we've always found with Vince Russo, and for, and for full disclosure, uh, there's a 99% chance that if we're discussing something he did in WCW, we are going to be panning it. So full, full disclosure. Sure. Thumbs down. Yeah, trust <laughs> full, me, I do the same. Yeah, full, full disclosure <laughs> on that one. But we do know several, I, I don't know if you're one of them, Dean, but I know like some friends of the podcast Podcast, like uh, uh, some some of the the officials when he's come over and done UK appearances, a lot of people met him and, and the um, the the appraisals of just speaking to to Vince Russo the person always very high. And oh yeah, from he, a... he came over. Yeah, he came over for um, for IPW. I worked about three or four shows with him. And and yeah, as far as a a, a, a human being as a person goes, lovely fella. Just uh, I have a completely opposite philosophy on wrestling to him, basically. Yeah. And then there was, yeah, so so many people obviously come to loggerheads with him about about like what what he thinks works on wrestling and things like that. But as you as you were saying about that first encounter with him, what is that the is that the general impression with with Vince Rosa in, in that you know he's he's a pretty normal guy, fan and all that. But when it comes to showing up to work, he knows he's he's got to really rub people up the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with Russo is the first. So I talked about the time where, you know, I was on his show. The first time he was ever on my show, I told Blade before we went on the air. And I think this is where everything changed between, you know, the the RD versus Russo thing, you know. Um, I told Blade, I said, whatever you do, do not ask him a single question about wrestling. It was kind of a, a Russo swerve, right? Because he's going to yeah. be on WrestleCrap Radio. He thinks we're going to drag him through the mud. And so... We start we start the interview and we're talking about no wrestling whatsoever. We were talking about breakfast cereals. We're talking about cartoons. We I'm sure we talked at some point we talked uh, Batman television show. Uh, I'm sure we talked uh, you know the baseball or football or whatever. But I, I told Blade going in, do not talk wrestling at all. 
And I think that he saw, well, these are just guys that are just, you know, these just normal, you know, normal uh, people, you know, they're not dragging me through the mud. They don't want to, you know, whatever. And we had him on later shows where we did, you know, say, oh, yeah, dude, what on earth were you thinking on this? (laughs) Um, But I mean, it was something that I just think that, and and to this day, I mean, he, he, he knows this uh you know is uh his the way that what he views that wrestling should be what i view that wrestling should be they're two very different things uh but that doesn't mean that you can't get along with someone it's wrestling i mean is it worth you know that you if you have somebody and you guys even said you know you met him he's a lovely guy and you know okay would you you know, just say, okay, I'm going to shun. I'm, I never want to talk to this person because it's something he wrote in wrestling 20 years ago. Yeah. Who cares? It's, it's, it's in the past. And, um, yeah, I mean, Russo is, uh, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a really nice guy, but I mean, you'll note that our show isn't let's recap WCW. Our show is let's recap 1966 Batman episodes, you know, because it's, it's something that he and I both, you know, have a passion for. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It was funny because after after Blade passed away, um, I literally took like my studio. I, I took it apart. I was like, okay, I'm not going to be doing. I'm not going to do this anymore. I don't have any. Can't do Russell Crap Radio without Blade Braxton. Just won't happen. I have no real desire to do anything. Uh, Russo was one of the first when Blade passed. Russo called me within. I had to have been an hour and a half, two hours after news got out. And it's like, oh, my God, are you okay? What happened? Uh, you know, just super nice guy. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it was nothing. He didn't, it wasn't like, hey, you know, let's let's start a show. It was months later that he contacted me and said, you know, I know you probably don't want to, but would you have any interest in doing a show? And I said, What's, what, what are you thinking? He said, let's recap every Batman episode ever. And I said, that may be the only thing that would get me back into podcasting. Um, and so, yeah, that's what we do. And it's, it's been, it's been so fun because <laughs> it's the nice thing about it is it's a, those shows are 25 minutes. I mean, they are not long. They are completely absurd. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, insanity. And we, he and I go through and we break it down at a almost molecular level, um, you know, we'll spend an hour and 20 minutes, you know, just recapping that 25 minute silly show, but we have so much fun with it. And, um, it's just a blast. I, I just love doing it. I, like I said, I never thought I'd be podcasting again. Never thought I'd be doing that. And this, I look so forward. He and I record every Thursday or excuse me, every Tuesday, at uh 6 p.m my time and i'm always like boy i can't wait oh my gosh and we're texting each other oh i can't wait to talk about this i can't wait to talk about that and we just have uh we just have a lot of fun and and of course he and i you know take pot shots at each other as well so (laughs) i mean it has to be my favorite thing ever is whenever he will say he'll forget something like he wants to show me something he did this last night when we were recording he said, oh, I, I got something I got to show you. He's like looking around. He goes, I, I think it's in the other room. 
And he'll just go, entertain the people. I was like, okay, great. And so hey, I, I always love it whenever he just gives me a, you know, an open mic. He's not there. And so, like, last night, you know, he has his recording uh, set up. And my recording setup is, is different than what, what this is. Because I do it in front of my Batman pinball machine and everything. <clears throat> but his studio, it just has a bunch of, I mean, it's just wall-to-wall pictures and memorabilia. But, like, if you look, you don't even have to look closely. Like, half of it's just pictures of himself. <laughs> well, I'm just like, what kind of egomaniac does this? And so whenever he, he said, oh, yeah, here you go, you know, just say whatever you want. I just buried, you know, buried him six feet under. Well, I, look at the, he has, he has all these pictures of himself that there's two of them that are exactly the same. I was like, at least get, you know, whatever. And then, you know, bury him for about two minutes. He gets back on. He puts his headphones back on. Oh, what did you say? Just telling everybody how wonderful you are, Vince. <laughs> and, and of course, Liam, you may remember that there is a very tenuous link between WCW in the UK and Batman. Very tenuous because we we used to get uh, WCW highlights on a Saturday morning. I think it was on Channel Five in the U- in this country. Um, ah, yes. Um, yes. Yeah, we, I think and, they had. Um, um, Friday evening at, at like seven ish, seven or eight. Right. So yes, yeah, yeah, during sort of you know prop family time, <laughs> and uh, if there were things like you know weapon shots or anything they didn't want to be shown, <laughs> WWF would like go to a crowd shot. The WCW mm-hmm. edit would be like a pow, thwack, wham across the screen, virtually lifted out straight out of Batman. It was amazing. That is awesome in every conceivable way. <laughs> it's got wrestle crap written all over it. it. I, no, I not must... just that. Do you know what that? I, sorry, I just have to add one more thing because this this was like ninety nine to the very end. That means the the extra link for you guys are the is there will be Vince Russo written WCW. If we can <laughs> we can find the original yes. masters from the Channel Five, and I'm sure there there might be someone like Daily Motion or something. If we could find something from an era where he oh, we dude, know he's at the helm, we'll send you the video because you can combine oh, Vince Russo WCW with Batman graphics. If we can get that for you, we'll nice. do everything we can. And anyone listening who can help with that, please do. Yes. Oh, please. <laughs> I, I, I mean, are, are there any clips of that on YouTube? There'd there have to be, there right? There must be. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll have a look there's, there's got to be got to, YouTube got is quite to. harsh on the... Uh, they obviously get the DCAs right, so out. But on. Daily Motion, I know, has got a good little... Ba- yeah. There's a few other dark web places... That's that's now my life mission, basically. I'm, I'm going to be spending the next few days while I'm off work. Until I have to go back to work, I'm going to be spending the next few days looking for some of these these bits of footage. But yeah, it was absolutely glorious. One thing I've got to very quickly ask you, RD, is you know we, there's been a lot of um, wrestle crap related questions, and obviously there's a there, there's a lot of a link there. But um, just just as, as a wrestling fan. T- tell us about your memories and your links to enjoying WCW back during the day. Because obviously there's, there's a lot of uh, listeners and fans now getting to the point where people are getting into it via the WWE Network and um, they, they weren't even alive or a conscious right. enough fan to, to know what it was like to be through it. So what was your experience with the company? Well, I mean, I watched the WCW before it was even WCW. You know, I was watching, you know, uh, know, Crockett uh, NWA on the TBS. 
And, you know, uh, so I lived through that whole, you know, Four Horsemen era and, you know, Midnight Express and Rock and Roll Express and Nikita Kolov, Magatia, you know, with the, the Russian sickle and everything. <clears throat> and then, um, you know, just is it I, I followed it the whole time. I mean, I, I watched the, the Black Scorpion stuff as it happened, you know, is it originally aired and everything. Um, the, the big thing that I will tell you is whenever the, the book, the death of WCW book deal came about, because we had the first Russell crap book. It did better than what the company ever thought it would. Cause I think they sold it would thought it would sell like three copies and that would be it, which thankfully there was, a lot more people out there that, that enjoyed that book and it, it did better than they expected. And they said, well, we want you to do a second book. I said, okay, cool. That'd be nice. Um, and they came to me and said, you know, what do you think about, uh, you know, what, what, what book do you want to do? And I said, oh, I'm not going to do another wrestle crap book. It's way too early to try and do a second one. And I said, um, I really want to do it, it really narrowed down to three books. One was going to be called toy crap, which would be the very worst toys we had as kids. The second one's going to be uh, Death of ECW, and the third was going to be Death of WCW. And I decided I couldn't do uh, Death of ECW. It'd be too depressing because you had people there that really, really wanted it to work. Uh, and then the Toy Crab book just went away. <clears throat> but the the Death of WCW, I was like, oh, man, I can't wait. This is going to be so fun. You know, I, all I could think of was was the, hor the horrendosity of 1999 and 2000. Um, and I got a hold of Brian Alvarez, Figure Four Weekly. There, there's your free plug, Brian. Uh, send me a check. Um, and uh, I said, look, I, I want to write this book. I said I could really use a hand, and uh, he's like, yeah, this, you know, this sounds, this sounds good. And I said, think about how funny it's going to be. This is going to be the funniest thing ever. I can't wait to write about it. And he goes, uh, it's going to be funny. He said, but you know, we're going to get really depressed writing this book. I was like, no, what, what are you talking about? You know, I get to write about the Black Scorpion. I get to write about, you know, uh, <laughs> the the just the ridiculousness that happened in WCW during its fall. And he said, wait until you watch those early nitros and you get back with me. And he was 100 percent right, because I had forgotten just how awesome those early nitros oh, were. Yeah. I mean, absolutely changed the business. And I, I told yeah. I told Bischoff this whenever he and I met and I said, you know, you changed the business whenever you, you reinvented it. You know, it was, it was wrestling televised wrestling was just squash matches and it was generally really boring. And then, you know, nitro came along and you had these big name pay-per-view quality matches like every week. And you had big things that were happening and you, it, it was, it was so exciting. It was so, um, it just changed the business. <clears throat> it was so different. It was so, it just, it pumped your blood up. You couldn't wait to watch. I mean, it, it's the ultimate thing whenever you can sit there and go, I can't wait, you know, at the end of a show, man, I can't wait for the next episode. Yeah. And that is very rare, uh, you know, very rare in wrestling but with nitro early days of nitro and then whenever the you know hogan turned heel and you had the nwo and all that stuff i mean that's what i really you know i can i will always laugh at the the idiocy of 99 and 2000 
But I think these days, whenever I think about WCW, I always think those early nitros and just how you would get. The, the other thing is with nitro, <clears throat> and I think this is, this is something that you kind of see with AEW, is you get a mix of kind of everything. I mean, you would get, you know, they'd bring in the luchadors, you'd have the nitro girls, you would have the, you know, big, you know, giant guys that were fighting, but yeah, and and awesome tag teams and and it was just it was a mix. So no matter what it was you wanted, I mean, early Nitro would would give that to you, would give it to you in spades, and you're just like, man, I can't believe that we get all this cool stuff, uh, yeah. you know, and and you know. Well, I mean, yeah. we've we've done we've done Nitro watchalongs from the first episode of of Nitro, and when when on the network when the ad breaks taken out, the hour long Nitros were forty five minutes, and yeah, one thing we we frequently commented, we said how they absolutely flew by, and exactly as you said, can't wait to the next one. But it was also, I mean, you you mentioned about about the the feature matches, and 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 yeah, this is something that people of a, a more modern generation don't realize was that tv was squash matches it, the list oh, was, was you know so and so appearing or in action and and with wcw worldwide or or um main event or whatever show they put on over here in in the uk you you were like if you you'd be lucky you might get a a feature match as the main event which would be you know someone a main eventer against someone much lower down the card. It was yeah. blindingly obvious who was going to win, and that was that was it. And this this was as you say feature matches. Um, but it was also what we loved was the almost almost random matchups you'd get sometimes. The, the most famous one we always talk about Liam Sting and Dean Malenko. Oh yes, that was <laughs> and, and, and it was a good Sting match was, as well. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's an early episode of Nitro, and, and you know Sting is going to win, but the way they do that match is totally not what we were expecting, and we we absolutely loved it. And right. I think we also had like Ric Flair and Eddie Guerrero. Guerrero and, and the Barbarian. We're talking about the Barbarian. Oh, <laughs> yes. Thank you. And, and just, yeah, and just to tie in, the, yeah, the just to tie in our thing with the Barbarian, because a lot of people bring up his name and they'll have a bit of a laugh, you know. Uh, but but for us, like, he, we really did, like, appreciate, didn't we? He... He was a he was a solid hand. He had been there, done that, and obviously, of course, there was a, there was a few times where he was just the greatest thing on on the entire show, such as yeah. that clash we did recently, Dean, oh, where Harley Race by Harley Race Harley Race <laughs> fired him in. Do you remember when Cactus Jack Cardi turned face? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, and that was just the most hammed up thing I've ever seen in my life, and I just watched it about five times over and over again. But you know, on on oh, quickly on that nitro thing, I got I got to say the the other thing that got me about those early early nitros guys was that we we go through it, you know, we we were doing the actual watch and going through it, and we give our snap opinions on each match, and there'd be certain episodes in '95 and early '96 where we'd be like, well, that match wasn't great. The next match was actually quite bad. The next two matches were okay, and then they, and then and then they signed off. So, what do you think overall, uh, Dean? And he'd be like, well, "Well, I loved the show," and I'd be like, "Me too." Even though you look at the <laughs> you look at the you, you look at the parts, and you know, if we're, we're going to do snowflakes, we're going to be proper critical. It's not that, and yet we like we enjoyed this hour of television. And it just right. worked. And, and I think that can be a lost start sometimes, can't it, guys? 
and and Ric Flair just being a dickhead to everyone <laughs> was amazing. What yes. was the one where he he knocked the guy unconscious with the brass knucks, yes. but still put his feet on the ropes to pin him and then raked his eyes at the end. After the free count, he raked his eyes oh, to was... wake him up. Yeah. Oh, I was good. And then there's the banquet table, obviously. Ric Flair's banquet table we had every week. Uh, yeah, so, so I suppose one, one good way to segue here, RD, will be, uh, are, are there any little things? We're talking about all these little details. What, what what little things about WCW always make you smile? I, you know, <laughs> what, I mean, just, uh, this was uh, probably because it was it involved Bobby Heenan. Is that they would do the the Nitro Road Report with Lee Marshall, oh, which was like the, the it was like the stupidest thing ever, and he would always Lee Marshall would be at these college towns, you know, talking about oh you know we're here at uh, you know Bloomington, Indiana, and he always had that over over um, I mean I mean it was just like like real real voice, but because it was like. You know, he did Tony the Tiger, you know, the serial mascot here. You know, it's great. So every time Lee Marshall was talking, you always thought, okay, you know, this is just completely ridiculous, completely hammed up. And he would always throw in a thing uh, where he made, he made some joke about a weasel because that was what they would call Bobby Heenan. The fans were calling the weasel, weasel. And, you know, he would always make these jokes about a weasel but most of the time, I wasn't even sure if they were jokes or not. Like, it was like, okay, if that was someone's attempt to be a joke, I mean, that was like the worst attempt ever. You just threw the word weasel in a sentence. And you think you, you come off as thinking it was like really, really funny. But it was like, no, it was just, it was stupid. But like, here we are, you know, you, again, it's how many years later, 25 years later, and I'm talking about Lee Marshall making weasel jokes it's something that I'll never forget. I mean, if I remember it now, as long as my brain just doesn't go away, I'm going to remember that to my dying breath. Remember remember Lee Marshall making terrible weasel jokes back in on Nitro? I mean, that's the kind of thing I don't – nobody does that today. You know, I mean, it's it's incredible. Oh, I love it. Um, what what would you say is, is – that we haven't covered already. What would you say is like the, the most – WCW story you can think of because we we got some crackers from Lance Storm about some of the the, the weird <laughs> wonderful logistics and thoughts and and uh, wanting to yeah. shoot on Buff Bagwell was my favourite. We he actually <laughs> Dean, Dean has his signature signature question. He's asked all the from the Bret Hart's to to so many British wrestling legends. He Dixie always, Carter, yeah. Dixie Carter, and he always he always goes like, if if you could if you could go back and change one thing, what would it be? And we're thinking he might say, you know, I, I'd love to have held the WCW World Title. I'd have, I'd have loved the Triple Crown thing to run a little longer. I'd love to him to to sign Just Incredible because the Impact players could have been saying something, something like that. And he goes, right. well, was this one time Buff Bagwell was being a a, a bit of a diva. And he he screwed up the Maple Leaf finish because he didn't want to submit. So I'd go back and I would just like crank <laughs> back on his leg and not let him go until we actually submitted. And I was like, I did not see that coming. But it was glorious. That's, that is that is the most Lance answer I yeah. can imagine. 
I've, I've been very I, I've been very blessed to be able to talk with Lance, you know, uh, a couple times. And that is yes, that is the most Lance an- answer ever. <laughs> I mean, if I, if I if if you're asking me the same question, it'd be like, don't screw it up. I mean, it was I mean, it was this perfect. You know, you had a, a giant network that was behind wrestling, and 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 just everything they did, they just screwed it up a little more and more and more and more, and it it I mean it it ruined wrestling. You know, the the death of WCW ruined wrestling. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful I was able to write about it and whatever, but I mean, the fact that it I mean it ruined. My one of my favorite hobbies, you know, professional wrestling, because it took away all that competition. It was all gone yeah. for you. I mean, it's gone until like AEW, really, because you can say, well, you know, WWE, you know, there was Impact and everything else. Yeah, kind of, sort of, but it wasn't the same level, was it? It wasn't. And, uh, yeah, and I, and I think it's only it's only now with with you know CM Punk arriving in AEW mm-hmm. and and Daniel Bryan on his way. That that there feels and it's taken twenty years, but it feels like there's there's some legitimate competition for the WWE. Yeah, you hope so. I mean, a lot of times I'll watch AEW, and I'm like, am I really an AEW fan, or am I a fan a fan of the idea of AEW? And by that, what I mean is, <clears throat> a lot of times I'll watch it and I'll be like. Man, this this should really be better than it is. But a lot of times they'll they'll just completely exceed my expectations. And you know, the Punk debut was like <clears throat> that was just perfect. Now, I'm not even a fan of CM Punk. I mean, if you said, okay, here's uh, 25 wrestlers uh, that AEW could bring in, which would you most want to see? I mean, Punk, I, he would be someplace on there just because I know like how many people like him. But the way they did that, I was like, that was like perfect. I, I you couldn't have done it any better. It's funny because I, uh, speaking of punk, it was like, okay, if, I mean, AJ Lee would have been higher on the list than punk would have. <laughs> but I'm, a, I'm a huge, I am a huge mark for her, so I, I can't really say anything. But yeah, I mean, it, it's you know, you hope that AEW can be that true competition um you know to wwe because what will happen is the same thing that happened whenever wcw became competition wwf at the time upped its game yeah and you you get this and that's what the death of wcw that was the saddest thing of all i mean it was sad that you know you can't you know watch you know this other show but the saddest thing was it just caused wwe it's like okay we don't have competition anymore you know we don't need to keep you know, trying to up the up the ante. I, mean, I I just feel like over the years they just got so complacent, um, especially now. You know, because they have those giant TV deals and they just do whatever we want. Okay, well, what if it's something that you know, uh, you know, I don't want to see? Doesn't matter. We're still getting paid. And in a lot of ways too, you have to uh, kind of walk with this. And especially if you guys watch Nitro, I mean, you're kind of revealing a little bit of uh, you know your age. At some level, we have to understand uh, we're – whenever I turned 50, which was a couple of years ago, uh, you know, people said, oh, you know, what do you think of turning 50? And I just – I would always say the same thing. I'm I'm not in any desirable demographic anymore. 
<laughs> and, and by that, what I mean is things that are being developed in design, they're not making it for me. They're making it for people that are younger than me as, as well. They should. And I, I think that, um, you know, that's one of the things with WCW is it was right at that time in my life where people were making things exactly the way I wanted them. And WCW was so awesome in, in, in the early days of uh, delivering exactly what I wanted as a wrestling fan. That's what we're seeing with AEW now. I'm seeing a lot of these are the things I want as a wrestling fan, even though I'm an old man. But, I mean, it, it's it's something that, you know, I hope that AEW keeps, you know, up in the ante. You know, okay, we're going to bring in Punk. We're going to bring in uh, Daniel Bryan. We're going to bring in whoever. We're going to bring in Bray Wyatt, whatever. Even if they're people that I'm not <clears throat> big fans of, although I'm a huge fan of Daniel Bryan. Um, if if you keep upping that ante, then WWE is going to have to do the same. And yeah. uh, everybody wins. What what you say reminds me of a great scene in The Simpsons where I, I remember they're in the kitchen and Grandpa Simpson says, you know, I'm 75 or whatever he is. I'm old. I'm an old man. No one listens no. to me. Can and I Homer, finish it? Yes, please do. Nuts and gum together at together last. Together at last. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Homer Simpson, I'm, he's, in the, he's in the right demographic. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, one other thing is where you mentioned our idea about the generations. It's funny with AEW. I think we're presumably going to roll on to November and full gear, and there's going to be uh, one generation of fans watching, presumably. Uh, Omega versus Hangman Page, thinking, "Oh, cool! This this big long-term storyline is so exciting." And it's going to be another generation of us going, "Please don't let this be Sting Hogan too. Please don't let this be Sting Hogan too. Please, please don't screw Hangman. Please just because um if 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 the CM Punk thing has shown us anything." Is that you know it was the worst kept secret. Everyone knew he was going to show up. Tony right. Khan just came, did the interviews, and said, "Yes, how we're going." It turns out that people like getting what they want. So, yeah. <laughs> so hopefully not, we get that full gear. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we got. Uh, I do have to say one more thing. <clears throat> A buddy of mine, and he's about my age. Huge wrestling fan. I mean, it, it, it was funny because he and I went to WrestleMania 8 together, uh, just to give you an idea. Uh, and we've been friends uh, forever and ever and ever. We're both huge wrestling fans. He's probably a bigger wrestling fan than I am. And he 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 calls me the other day and he goes, RD, you know, this. I just don't give this Darby Allen, you know, skateboarding punk kid. And I had to explain to him, I don't think Darby Allen is supposed to appeal to our demographic. That's why they put Sting with him, who does appeal to our demographic. You see, you see how this works? And so, yeah, it all comes around, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's and, and Sting looks incredible. Yes. Absolutely incredible. And yeah. motivated, yeah. 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 Oh man! Before we let you go, there's there's one one WrestleCraps quality story from old British wrestling from my childhood. Are you are you aware of the time that you know Robbie Brookside, the NXT trainer, as he is now? Are you aware of the time that Robbie Brookside was hypnotised on national television? No. What was this? Well, that's another clip I'll have to send to you then. There was there was a, a tag match. I think it was about eighty seven or eighty eight. Um, when when we had British wrestling on on national television still, um, and you had 
joint promotions, which was like the old traditional company. And there's a new young upstart company called All Star Wrestling, who are a little bit more modern, a little bit edgier. And joint promotion has had the monopoly on wrestling. And then in, I think it was 1987, uh, the, the TV company alternated between joint promotions and, and All Star. So you'd get these, these contrasting um, shows each, each week. And uh, we had uh, a legendary masked wrestler called Kendo Nagasaki. Not to be confused, sure. there was a Japanese wrestler with the same name. This was the British, oh, okay. British My man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this was a British wrestler um, who never never spoke a word in public, always wore the mask, had the most amazing kayfabe gimmick ever. Um, and he's in a tag match um, against Robbie Brookside and, as he's then called, Steve Regal, William Regal. No. Yep. Uh, they were a tag team called the Golden Boys. And um, during the match, Robbie Brookside manages to take Kendo Nagasaki's mask off. And Nagasaki always wore like black um, contact lenses in his eyes. And um, he basically, once, once, uh, once he... Um, once he gets the mask off, he kind of stares at Brookside, puts his hands on his shoulders, and the commentator, who is a very serious sports commentator, then had to explain how Brookside had been hypnotised because he then turned on Regal, brought Regal into the ring, and Regal's like, what the hell's going on, and gets caught with Kendo's finishing move, and they lose the match. And um, it was, I'll, I'll send, yeah, I'll send the clip your way because it, it is a magnificent piece of, uh, of British, of very rare British wrestle crap because it was always very ser- taken very seriously back in those days. So, so you're saying it's wrestle poo? Wrestle poo. <laughs> this is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to Because WCW. Oh, fantastic. So, um, before we before we close this off, then if if people want to obviously we've got wrestlecrap.com is the website. If people want to follow you on on social media, how can they find you? I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. It's uh, wrestlecraprd. And uh, yeah, I, uh, like I said, every uh, uh, whenever uh, Dynamite is on, I usually do um, the AEW pay per views as well. Uh, and I just do running commentary, you know. As we're recording this uh, here in a few hours, I'll be doing I'll be hopping on and we'll be. Uh, doing this week's dynamite and we'll see what the lead in is to uh end all out and <clears throat> all that good stuff but yeah you can follow me there uh it's uh you know uh and then of course uh we'll have the joker's mustache which is the um excuse me the podcast i do with vince russo uh that will be on russo's realm network so it'll be a uh, very cool uh, I think we've already got like six episodes in the can and we haven't even released them yet so it's going to be a lot of fun nice excellent stuff right well and if you uh, want to uh, if you don't already you can follow us on twitter at because wcw or facebook.com forward slash because wcw um and we have obviously a, a 101 episode back catalog that you can delve into um either on uh, because wcw.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts from um and if you can subscribe to us and rate us and review us we will be eternally grateful especially if you're one of our prized listeners from parts unknown but beware uh, those first seven episodes where it sounds like dean's locked in the toilet <laughs> I can't believe you didn't get that in yourself. I was like, well, I've got, I've got, to, I've got to make the save. I know he wants them to know that he was in a toilet those first seven episodes. I forgot. Hashtag five concussions. What can I say? <laughs>
RD, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for taking the time to download this episode wherever in the world you may be listening. On behalf of Liam and RD, this is me, Dean Ayers, and thanks for listening, and we'll see you ringside.